Hey, companions. Welcome to the beginning of Act 5, Where Twilight Wanes. This is a very special episode that I am so happy to have the privilege to make. I have traveled all the way up to Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm now sitting in the kitchen of the house of the crew of the podcast Chasm Quest, where they record their episodes. And for those of you who do not know the Rowdy Boys, I'd like to go around the table and have them introduce themselves. What's up, everybody? My name is Taylor. I am part of the show Chasm Quest, and I, I play a character on there, do a lot of production, a lot of music stuff, and we have a grand old time. We're really stinking rowdy. Insight. Insight check. My pronouns are he, him. My insight check was four, so I totally believe all of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm Andrew. I'm the DM for uh, the Danger Mom for Chasm Quest, uh, created the world and uh, invited my best friends to uh, get involved in it, which is something Dave has no idea about. <laughs> <laughs> the hardships of uh, yeah, world and then we building. Became not friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole saga. Listen to the podcast to find out how. <laughs> canon, not canon. Uh, he, they. Hi, everyone. My name is Colin. I play Kowloon on Chasm Quest, and you might also know me for selling ear necklaces and nose squares on <laughs> Etsy. So that's what I do on the side, and that's not a lie. I was about to say, is this Ooh, a joke? Is nice. A goof? I didn't know. No, it, it, is a, it is a joke. Yes. I, don't, the, I don't do any of that. Link in the doobly doo. <laughs> I'm just plugging my fake store so y'all will give me money. I was about to be like, dope, dude. Why didn't you tell me about this? <laughs> Guess I'm out of. Nose cuffs and ear wiggles. Uh, oh, nose cu- no, that was my idea. Nose cuffs was my idea. Okay, that's, cool. Uh, that's my thing. I'm doing. What about it. the I mean, nose squares? What are those? Yeah, are those they're like, like rings, but shaped different. Oh, <laughs> I understand. You now. know those boxes where it has shapes on all sides, and only certain shapes can fit inside. It's like that, but it's a. You different can't one. call it a nose ring. It's not of, a ring. It's a square. Have you, you heard, heard of, of a ninety degree angles? Oh yeah, this has four of them. <laughs> Bullshit. No, I'm serious. You're a fucking liar. No, I'm, I swear. Insight I check. Swear. Insight check. Seventeen. Is he lying? <laughs> I'm, yes, actually, most of that is a lie, but the square thing is real. Oh, that's yeah. the only thing I was insight checking. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> then I gave you a freebie. All right. Squares are real. You heard it here first. <laughs> also, you're a moron. <laughs> Don't talk to Dave like that. He's a guest in our house. No, we're the guests. Oh, in our house. Yeah, you're the guest in your house. So we'll be leaving. He's just moving on in. Okay. For the next no. like, two or three hours, this is my house. Yeah, actually, and Dave, sorry. I wasn't calling you a moron. I was calling your fans a moron. Oh, damn. Damn, dude. <laughs> He's, we don't have, worry. We have a Discord where we constantly fucking roast our. our I'm doing fans. this to promote your podcast. Are <laughs> yeah, you just right? gonna shit on my listeners? <laughs> we have maybe we have oh, like a good hour and a half of all the things we've cut of him calling our listeners assholes. <laughs> oh, you cut that? Oh yeah. Every uh, time. You moron! <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, we have it stored on a drive just to dox you in case. Uh, I think I'd think... be happy it got released. Oh, absolutely. Sick because they know I'm joking. So <laughs> we guys, hope. You guys don't you guys don't give our fans enough credit. And I'm giving your fans enough credit because hopefully they know I'm joking. And if they don't, then you know that's right. It's let's accurate. let's make this into Patreon content. Like Colin just roasts you for five minutes. Look, yeah, roasting fr- fans is the prerogative of 
Me. <laughs> Colin's just sitting there for like five hours, just like, look at you, listener, with your fucking ear holes and your <laughs> and your damn memories and imaginations. God. You know, oh, what, you know what fix that nose? A square. <laughs> Find one at my Etsy. <laughs> I'm gonna right angle all over your nose. <laughs> Sounds dirty for some reason. <laughs> like oh, it's it. definitely a sex yeah. thing. It's kind I'm of into sexy. like right angling, you know. <laughs> oh man. Uh, oh, uh, pronouns he him. Just <laughs> at the end. That of was your all Colin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was all mine. That, that actually checks out. <laughs> yeah, no, that's par for the course. I say. That's yeah. like, all right, y'all ready to get started? Yes. Uh, I hope so. Awesome. We'll see. <laughs> then strap on those boots and sharpen your blades. We're headed back to Mithron. For 724 years, Mithron, a nation that had been covered in magical darkness, is now free from this curse. The people of Mithron were lost. The land is now wrought with erosion as the deep snow that had once covered the land has melted away. Its sunlight once lost, now recovered. The snow along the Ducian mountain range has seeped down into the countryside, recreating old rivers and streams, but also flooding the plains from Saravel to Bellatul. The original wildlife is completely extinct. The remaining creatures of Grixolis have fled to dark caves and into the deep oceans. But one city survived this apocalyptic darkness. Lost in the middle of this cascading shadow was the city of Yin. Refugees of Mithron and the attacking army of Rodana were lost in the darkness. Some were able to crawl their way in the dark to find this town of Yin, and live there for centuries thinking the outside world had also succumbed to this dark cataclysm. But now they know different. The three of you have been summoned by one of the head archmages of the Wizard's Rainbow to the ancient city of Saravel. He needs your assistance. The land of Mithron, however, is not land you want to travel alone, or by foot. You each on your own time made by boat to the old port city of Bellatul. This ancient port is now serving as an expeditionary outpost into the territory of Mithron. You are each to take a rickety new invention, a new way of travel. You will be transported on one of its daily trips to the town of Yen. The tavern there is where you are all meeting up before making way to Saravel to meet with Archmage Chisholm Rizzo. And let's see. Andrew. You're now a day late arriving in the port of Bellatool, which is the morning after the night you were supposed to be in Yen. You've always had a difficulty being on time for anything, so maybe your old companions won't be so shocked. The gangplank is about to be dropped, and you are first in line looking eager to get off the boat. 
captain of this vessel stands near the exit as the boat drifts slowly into position near the dock. He looks to you and says, Aye, next time you're on a boat, maybe don't practice that water spell of yours. You damn near killed us all. Duly noted. And I tip down my traveling hat, which is just kind of like, almost like a cowboy hat, but not as frilly. More like a rancher's hat. And I just kind of like lower it over my eyes and kind of shoulder past him. The ship comes to a halt and the gangplank bangs against the wooden dock as it is dropped in position. You quickly scurry down the narrow wooden walkway and begin rushing down this newly built pier. I'd like to take a moment here for you to introduce yourself and give us a description of your character. Heavy-heeled boots clack against the wooden pier. See the bottom of a long black and brown duster, just a myriad of different leather pieces that have been patched. Looks like this thing's been well-worn for quite some time. At the hip, the duster is folded back a bit, and Alabaster, my character, kind of folds the duster over what seems to be a hand pistol, a flintlock pistol at his hip, gets off the boat and kind of gains his land legs. You see a backpack uh, on, on his back, just full with different odds and ends, kind of glasses clanking and books shuffling left and right as I kind of shoulder that. You can see the hilt of a, a rapier sword sticking out of that backpack as well. The face of this older man is rather grim, kind of weighed down with the countless times he's been late to different meetings, and perhaps the anxiety is lost on him at this point, but the pressure of knowing he'll have to deal with other people being upset with him has created these dense, heavy bags under his eyes. You know, a, a rather well-trimmed but longer, full white beard, maybe some gray still at the mustache, and short, shabby, gray-white hair under the hat. He's got some uh, piercings and stuff along his ears, and you can tell time and uh, maybe some tragic backstory weighs upon this elderly man as he looks at around at the city, new to him, as it's new to a lot of people, I'm, I'm sure. Very new. Yeah, and uh, kind of gets a whiff of the air. What's what's what is the smell of Bellatool? Here on the coast, it's not so bad. I will definitely be getting into the stench of a bog and the swamp throughout this uh, whole nation as that melting snow basically has lingered. Mm, can't but, wait. Uh, but here, it's it's got that coastal scent. It's not okay. so awful. All right, and how's the sky looking? Like it's very clear today. No rain in sight. We're good to go. In that case, uh, he, he pushes his traveler's hat up a bit, gets a better look of everything around him, and uh, he's going to open up a bit of his duster, pull out just like a traveling cigar, light it, and begin walking through the streets toward right. his destination. Also, at this point, I'm going to have you draw a card, and this will be the university annex you are from, which gives you a benefit to your character. I always go for the middle one. Ooh, fine. So this is the annex that I studied in and worked yeah, in? Yeah, so you graduated from Wigan Street University and you moved on to an annex to uh, continue study and everything. So I'm now studying at the Academy of Constructs and Golems. All right. Which is perfect, just building constructs to do all this sh stupid shit that I don't want to take time <laughs> for oh. anymore. So this is perfect for Alabaster's... Uh, personality. All right, nice. so I'm actually going to go ahead and send you a screenshot on Discord. So yeah, go ahead and read that over real quick and let me know what decision you're making there. I'm going to go FAS 
the fire ant starter. All right. Cool, cool, cool. And this is great because using some of my abilities from the School of Constructs, I mean, that works with the fire lock. Yeah, I'm glad you chose that one. It goes with your background. Yeah. All right. So now that you've gotten your annex, you've been told to look for passage on the Beam Path Carriages, the name of whatever this new invention is. The outpost port itself is quite busy, surprisingly busy. As you rush your way to get off the pier, you dodge dock workers dipping below their lifted crates, hurdle over a net of bundled barrels, papers and scrolls start to work their way out of a sack on your side, so you catch them real quick and throw the parchment back in midair. Then you hold your hand over it as you run, but eventually you make your way off the dock into a muddy road. There's a huge diversity of people here, and you can see emblems and uniforms on most of these people. They all seem to be part of various organizations across ASUS, and they have all come to Mithron to take part in the expeditions, the treasure hunting, and the research of what exactly happened to this place. The Golden Armored Army of Shandolin stages a unit of about a dozen sentinels. Representatives from Rodana can be seen down the road at one of their large vessels, talking to a plate armor-wearing Crimson Command member with two archers on his sides as bodyguards. Gnomes from the island of Oran have made their way here, exiting the boat of a pirate ship whose captain is a tabaxi. You can only tell they are captain from that cliche hat atop their head. As you make your way into the town further, the Dig Company, a group of archaeologists, have set up camp in the ruins of a large building. Dwarves from the nation of Calandria have set up a small market in this ancient town square of Bellatul, ready to haggle with anyone that brings back magical goods from this lost nation's history. And then you hear a loud, low-tone whistling noise. It echoes through the ruins of this old city. You look deeper into this town to see a billow of smoke rising in the air. It seems to be moving. That might be your transportation, and it is heading out. You need to catch that carriage. I begin running. All right. So you make your way faster through the city. Eventually, you come up on this newly built wooden building. It has a porch-like thing on the other side of it, and along that porch on the ground are two metal rails attached to embedded wooden beams. You run over to it and look down and see this large convoy of carriages attached to each other with their wheels balanced on the rails. It is moving slow and is 200 feet away. It moves 10 feet per round right now, but will increase in speed each round. How will you catch this convoy of carriages? Gosh, I wish I had trained better. (laughs) And then Alabaster will start running uh, to catch onto one of the open doors or ladders or something onto it. All right. Attempting acrobatics, I suppose. Okay. Uh, What's your movement speed first? 30 feet. 30 feet. That means you can move 60 in the first round with the dash. Perfect. So as this thing accelerates, with that 60 feet of movement, you're now 140 feet away, but it then moves another 20 feet. So now it's 160 feet away. Is there anything you'd like to do to speed yourself up? Uh, Do I see any people on the... uh, On the caboose? On the caboose or on the anything. (laughs) Do I see any humans within 120 feet? Uh, Give me a perception check. Nice. 19 plus 4 is 23. All right. Yeah, we'll say that somebody has stepped up onto the back of the uh, platform on the back of the carriage, and they're smoking from a pipe, and they're not really paying any attention to behind them, just kind of looking off into the distance. I'm going to cast a cantrip message to that person. Okay. Hey, I'm one of the passengers. Can you help get me on? Who's talking to me? And then I'm like waving my arms from (laughs) the hundred or so feet away. He turns finally and Buzz looked back down the rails and he sees you and says, 
Oh, what do you want me to do? Have the operator stop the, the damn contraption. All right, I mean, I gotta run up to the front. Uh, it might take a minute. Uh, and you see him open up the door and start running inside. And I'm just like huffing like, God damn it. I just love the idea. I had to point my finger and whisper to the guy like, as I'm running, like, hey, can you let me back on this room? <laughs> With a cigar in the teeth of your yeah, mouth. Bobbing, yeah, on my lip. All right, so you dash another 60 feet. It moves another 30 feet. So that gets you at 110, I think. I think you're 110 feet away. All right, all right. I'm going to cast friends on the tr- on the. On the carriage? On the carriage, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah did you uh, do all diplomacy style spells? <laughs> uh, let's see. I can do... I mean, you can always keep running and see how close you can get before it starts to get further away from you as you run. Man, I wish that this thing was considered a creature because I would have this fucking <laughs> on its knees begging for mercy. But instead, I'm just some old man running the goddamn swamp mud going, please. <laughs> <laughs> like coughing from my cigar, <sighs> trying to smoke while I run still. <laughs> Would you like to dash again? Yeah, I'll dash again. All I right. got nothing else. So you dash again, and you get to that 50-foot distance, and then it moves again. And this time it doesn't accelerate, though. It only stays at 30 feet. Ah, very good. So uh, it now is 80 feet away from you as you got to 50, and then it mo- it gave itself 30. Okay, sweet. So do you want to just keep running for it? Yeah, as I can see it slowing down, I'm going to... Oh. Thank the arcane energies of this planet, and <laughs> I get I am gonna catch up to it. All right, so yeah, eventually you do catch up to it as it does stay at that thirty feet movement. You grab hold of the railing and pull yourself up, and as you pull yourself up and you look into the window of the back door, you see the man slowly walking back to you, not running. Alabaster <laughs> 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 just got a finger in the air as he's like. Leaning over the railing of the back caboose uh, carriage. <laughs> and the uh, the back door opens up, and he walks out and says, Oh, you made it, huh? <gasps> like, so scornfully going to turn my head toward him and say, Yes, thank you for your help. <laughs> uh, no problem, I tried. Now, if you'll pardon me. I am going to just brush past him, pulling over my, my hat and smoking my cigar again and just find a dark, quiet place to sit down catch my breath still in this carriage there's a a lot of empty seats but there are tons of people in the carriage itself they look at you curiously and confused as you have entered onto the carriage quite late after its departure you start to make your way through the aisle looking for a good one and then you see an old familiar face in the crowd confused by your entrance taylor you have entered the scene go ahead and give us a description of your character who does Alabaster C. sitting there. Alabaster C.'s Rad Lorraine. He is a slender elf with dark curly hair that kind of comes down past his ears. And he's just a young guy, about 27 or so, wearing like pretty much just purple. He's got like a purple jacket on with like black lace all over it with like purple and black pants with like dark boots. And he's just sitting there on the carriage just like, wow, you look like shit. Fuck you. <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna sit next to him and just like plop down like my pack melting off of me and I'm gonna cross my boots out and cross my arms and continue smoking. Well, if it is an old alabaster. Also, Taylor, for me, uh, Rad, you will be choosing a <gasps> random university annex that you have been at since your graduation. I have just received a card that says Academy of Discovery. You have received a Discord message. Oh, killer. 
I get one spell. Uh, once a day, I get to use Leech Life. It's been years. What have you been up to? Oh, uh, you know, just trying to get stronger, trying to find new magics. Always on the ever trail of getting more arcane knowledge. One might you? say on a trail of discovery. <laughs> you could say that, yeah. Yeah. There's random inspiration in my mind. Hmm. So that, I guess that's what brings you out here, huh? Yep. Going out, going to discover some stuff. I understand that's why you're here as well. I was kind of surprised to see your name. Hmm. Looks like you got a lot of ideas before we really even know what we're getting into. Yeah. It is what it is. Staying out of trouble? You could say that. I don't know. Looking for more trouble, to be honest with you. Things get a little boring around here. Not here. I mean, ever since the, ever since we've been able to come back into this area, the darkness fell. Well, that's going to be the excellent part. Aren't you excited? There's a lot we're going to find out there. Not a lot gets me excited these days, but my doctor's helping me with that. <laughs> Stick by me, buddy. I'll get you there. This is a Zoloft commercial? <laughs> Nothing like some ED jokes. <laughs> They call me Big Al. <laughs> or at least they used to. <laughs> Old Al a bastard. Is that a constrictor familiar or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> So it takes about three hours of travel before reaching your destination. It was mostly just flat, flooded plains to view, a tundra with large pockets of water and snow-capped mountains on the horizon in several directions. Your transportation eventually got in sync with the movement of a river and ran parallel until the town of Yin came into view around noon. The bean carriages begin to slow down, giving a violent jerk forward. Eventually, though, it comes to a stop near a long wooden deck attached to a wooden building. A man begins opening the doors to each carriage with the caboose being last. As he opens the door, you hear him say, Ah, welcome to Yen. Step on out. We'll be heading out again a couple hours to Saraville if that's your final destination. Get you some lunch. Yen's a welcoming place. And if you have any questions, feel free to ask. My name's Samuel. And he starts to walk away as the crowd starts to exit the carriage. All right, time for some grub. Alabaster turns his head and shoots out a snot rock and oh, says, God. Sounds good. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> Okay, let's That's go. That's the most exercise I've gotten in uh, 13 years. <laughs> <laughs> so you start to head out, not really knowing where you're going and looking around the town. This town, unlike the flooded landscape that you saw on the trip, is seems normal. There's no flooded areas. There's cobblestone streets. A river runs through the center of it. The carriage stops on, a, on the less structurally dense side of the river, and a large walled-off area is on the opposite side. A large stone bridge leads you across the river just outside the large stone walls of the town. There are also a ton of homes outside the wall where you see a thriving and generally happy community. You pass under the gate and into what you assumed would be a dense urban area. But the paths are extremely wide with comfortable gaps between the buildings. And to your almost immediate right when you enter, you see a sign for a tavern called the Pug Pub Inn. Three dogs, pugs of course, wrestle with each other under one of the Victorian windows outside and the sign itself has the head of a pug tilted to the side with bulging eyes, a large grin, and a sloppy tongue waving to the side. Those dogs are cute as hell. If you say so. Well, you hungry? Yeah, I could eat something. We're supposed to meet that other guy here, right? Yeah, let's go in. When you get inside, you look around this busy tavern. It isn't uncomfortably packed with people or anything, but most tables are taken. The two of you scan the area, and lo and behold, there is the other person you are meeting up with, Colin. Would you like to introduce yourself and what they see? 
Yeah, so you see a small in stature, but physically fit human. So maybe like 5'5", five, five, and real skinny, but also just like, you know, you can tell he like keeps up with his physical training for some weird reason, because he's a wizard. Uh, he has on a kind of like a red trench coat, but the way it's buttoned up, it looks like wizard robes, but it is definitely just like a dark red, almost like crimson looking leather. And it is studded with like, different pieces of like he's gonna call them dragon scales but i don't know if that's they're like, squares yeah they're just squares <laughs> they're squares that are turned sideways to look like diamonds oh nice yeah. <laughs> uh innovative yeah <laughs> and then he's got a hood that comes up on that and kind of the the hood itself comes into a point to like crest his uh his forehead he's got a soldier's long sword on his hip and a shield on his back Nice. Oh, and he's got he's also got very angular uh, facial features and he's got black messy hair on top, but he's also got a, a like a pointed uh, uh, or a goatee that comes out like in, you know, points past his chin a bit, you know, classic like evil wizard look, but he's not evil. He turns and goes, Alabasta, it's so good to see you again. And then he nods to, to Rad and goes, Radcliffe. Oh, Ronnie. Yeah. yeah, it's been a hot minute. It definitely has. So... You're the other two that was sent by the wizard's rainbow. That's right. And I go to shake his hand. He shakes it. Nice. And when you look down, it looks like our hands are grafted together with like a big blob of flesh. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) He he looks up at you. And then when he takes his hand away, he just flicks it to the side a little bit. (laughs) It's a pleasure. As always, Radcliffe. Alabaster, how have you been? You know, just wasting away like the rest of us. You say that, but you look as good as ever, old friend. Hey, honeys, uh, can I get you something to drink or something? Yeah, a nail over here. All right, one ale. Whiskey, neat. And I'm good with what I have, thank you. Aroni just has a... Oh, sorry, you know this person as... <laughs> I didn't even introduce my character's name. You know this person as Aroni Bilksif, and you also may have heard rumors about him being named the Crimson Warden since you've seen him at school. And in his hand, he just has like a mug of ale. Was he named this uh, like publicly or was he named this as like um, it's a title of like the institution? It was just a public thing okay, okay. because of like a, a feat that he did. Also, Colin, for Aroni, uh, I gave you the final of the three cards. Okay. Uh, Academy of Elementals. That worked out so perfect. <laughs> yeah, it honestly did. Very strange. Twice per day, I can manipulate the damage type of a spell. You may change the damage type of a spell to any damage type that you choose. That's really great. That's actually. dope as hell. Yeah, because most of mine is fire. If we happen to come across somebody that doesn't like fire, I can just be like, okay, force damage. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's cool. <laughs> the barmaid comes by and uh, gives you a uh, ale and then whiskey neat, and it's four fingers of whiskey neat. She says, all right, is there anything else I can get you? Hey, you got anything to eat? I'm starving. Of course, we got food. What you want? Uh, we got a uh, steak and eggs right now for lunch. Okay, okay. And then we got yeah. a nice big old soup of uh, potato soup with clams in them. I'll take the clam potato thing. That sounds amazing. All right. Uh, Alabaster's lifting his glass, measuring out how much. You trying to kill me, woman? Nah, that's just what we normally give. What's wrong? Can't handle it? 
Will do, and he takes a long first sip. How's this taste? Is this stuff shipped it's, in, or is it's it? It's average. It's not anything great. I can see why you're trying to get rid of it. I'll take the potato dish as well, and he doesn't make eye contact. <laughs> I will also take the potato dish. That does sound good. All right. I'll get you all them some, some, some bowls of potato soup. Excellent. I pull up a chair. I guess I sit down right next to Aroni. And uh, Alabaster's going to pulls up his chair and, you know, once again slides his pack off. You can tell his body is just aching from the travels. So, how was your trip, Alabaster? Could have fared better. I just... Tell him about the uh, the whole running thing. Oh, yeah, we ran into each other on the... On the Oh, carriage. oh, see, I thought you were getting some cardio. He missed the carriage, and he had to sprint to catch up. Ah, that's good for you, <laughs> getting physical exercise. Alabaster just cleaned something from his eye with just his middle finger <laughs> toward Rad. Too many of our orders don't take their bodies seriously. I would have given him the first place medal, and I shoot like confetti into the air. <laughs> <laughs> I dispel magic. <laughs> I take the hit points. Fireball. Dispelling prestidigitation. That's that's worth it. Oh, what is that, a third level spell? <laughs> I don't have that spell. I just wish it would have been funny if I would have just like, it just disappears. So, do either of you have any information on what we'll be doing? Uh, exploring as far as I know. I guess we'll find out more when we talk to Chism Rhythm. Yes. Yes. Have we met Chisholm Rhythm? No. Okay. He's well known throughout the order, but he is uh, by far someone that doesn't that people don't usually meet. Okay. Well respected. Well respected. Okay. Very elder in the organization. Even more elder than Alabaster. Much more. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Alabaster got into the game late anyway. If you went to school with us, because <laughs> that's another thing. Aroni's like twenty eight. He's yeah. like maybe a year older than Rad, which is probably it's why Aroni respects you because he's a he's definitely a rules guy and somebody who's like you know doing investigations and stuff as opposed to somebody who throws confetti out at the dinner table while we're eating (laughs) yeah i throw more like right in your face (laughs) alabaster's like picking a piece of illusory confetti out of his whiskey and dropping it on the floor he takes another sip and he says simply the mystery of someone contacting us to investigate some newly uncovered lands. That was enough to get me out here. Well, I wasn't busy. My mercenary group that I've been running with for a few years was on break and I just I was getting antsy. I didn't I don't like sitting down. What do you think we'll find? I mean, the darkness has only been gone for a year now. I do not know. A whole lot of nothing or a whole lot of everything. We are prepared for everything and if there's nothing I suppose we're prepared for that as well. Are we, though? Wizard's Rainbow doesn't seem to know what the hell we're going into, so... Well... Just my opinion. You can rely on me. Whatever magic doesn't take care of, I can handle. And then he pats his sword on his hip. The barmaid returns to the table and slings the bowls onto the table, and they kind of, like, splatter in some areas. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here you go, honeys. Uh, It's going to be four gold. Put it on our tab. (laughs) Yeah. Tab, honey, I don't, I don't think I've seen you around here before. Okay, okay, and I just flick over the gold. And she walks off and uh, continue your conversation. So, uh, did they say when the train was leaving again? You mean that carriage contraption? I wanted to study the thing more, but I was too pissed off. Oh, from running? I hate to run. <laughs> I keep telling you, Alabaster, it's so good for you. I think they should have left horses for us off the boats. 
I don't think we have very long. I think we have maybe a couple of hours to eat something and get back on. Ah, excellent. Well, plenty of time, I suppose. Especially if this is all we're getting. Is there bread here? Maybe chips and dip? I don't know. You're the one that's been sitting in here waiting for us. Oh, I wasn't waiting long. I was exploring the town and went yeah. on a walk and then came in here. Tell us know. all about it. Get into the details, like the direction, so, street names. It's mostly squares. And... <laughs> You mean like the things people wear on their noses? Uh, and their ears, yes. Yeah, it's a new trend. Oh, I'm ones. surprised you haven't heard of it. Yeah. Oh, you, you have, actually. I've been jumping okay. on the bandwagon train Excellent. carriage. <laughs> I've never heard of a band. A band is just like a group of people. Oh, okay. Like the group you used to work with, your mercenaries. Some would say that's a band of mercenaries. <laughs> yes, the money shots. Have you heard of them? I'm really happy I have, I not. have not. <laughs> <laughs> Is that where you earned your new nickname there, Crimsy Boy? Oh, yes. Great story, by the way. I'm glad you asked. So, I, you know me. I I don't like to brag, but... I spit my beer yeah, all Yeah, some of the, the whiskey definitely <laughs> shoots out his nose. Aroni gives Rad a, a dirty look and kind of wipes his shirt <laughs> off a little bit from where some beer got on him. <laughs> the money shots were hired at a prison in Rodana. There was a, a high risk prisoner coming in and we got word that there was going to be an escape attempt. So they hired my mercenary group and good thing too. I single-handedly was on the side of the prison that they tried to break in at. They call me the Crimson Warden now. Mostly for all the blood and, and fire. It, there was a lot of red. I'm going to start with an insight check. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to be... 19. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, this is not Kaloon. This is definitely somebody who likes to tell the truth. All right, so, all right. He might not be, like, humble, but he's not going to lie. <laughs> all right. Alabaster nods and says, oh, good on you. It is uh, one of the things I am truly proud of. Is that what you've been up to this whole time? Mostly. I also, right after... Uh, uh, we left the university. I went to the Academy of Elementals and studied there for a while. I've actually been working quite a bit on more of my evocation spells. Uh, Rad, give me a history check, actually. Coming up. Perfect. One. All right. Yeah, you're. I guess you're just like zoning out because this is something you definitely know, but you're just not listening to him at all. <laughs> you're like trying to change the colors of your confetti that's... Yeah, every swig hands. I'm taking in my ale, it changes colors from, like, purple to green. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> oh, the Academy of uh, Elementals. That's, that's neat. Yeah, I found myself over at the Academy of Constructs myself. Been dabbling in a few things, and I take out this jar with all these little kind of clockwork animatronic ants, and I shake it up, and the ants begin crawling and going insane inside. Fascinating. And you see, like, little flares of, like, tiny, minuscule flames coming off of their That's backs. mostly what he thinks is fascinating, probably. <laughs> it's just the fire. <laughs> Perhaps this will work in tandem with some of your stuff. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I spent my time in Calandria. I was at the Academy of Discovery for a little while. Hmm. Matches your energy, for sure. Your Thanks vibe, so. your aura. Thank you. Oh, my God. You're welcome. Yes. Did you learn a lot there? I learned quite a bit. Alabaster and Aroni, go ahead and give me history checks as well. Uh, 15. 10. 
All right. Simple knowledge. Uh, he said that he was in the area where Calandria was, and y'all know that the dwarves there aren't really easy probably to deal with on an educated basis. Would they have anything to do, to do with the dwarves asking for magical items back in Bellatool? Yes, actually. That's the same dwarven nation. Yeah, it was a crazy time. Those dwarves, they can really party, but a lot of them can't count. Is that where you got your taste for ale? Yeah, it is actually. Big fan of ale. How's this one clocking? Because my whiskey is... May as well be a water. This one's okay. I could use a bit of a higher gravity, but it is what it is. Well, I'm sure they didn't appreciate your tricks. Oh, they loved it, actually. Hmm. Yeah, joke's on you. This guy sucks to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> Would you agree, Aroni? I Guys, I won't say up. an unkind word. We're here to have a good time. We're going on an exploration. Why can't we just live a little? I imagine, like, out of game, that your character tortured Aroni in school for being too uptight. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> you alabaster like, try to keep his distance. Yeah. <laughs> try. Like, as the older figure, like, oh, yeah. God, these kids. <laughs> You'd be turning in your homework, and it would just be, like, pictures of, like, all these different lizards and stuff. Uh, the tavern door opens up, and you see a woman walks into the tavern, and she screams out, Bane carriage is leaving the station soon for Saraville. Tip your bartenders. She runs out, and she continues her way through the town. You can hear her kind of echoing through the, the town as she tells, like, screams it out to everybody And I've got else. both my hands, and I'm scarfing my potatoes and clams. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm looking <laughs> accusingly at, at Rad, and I'm just like, you said we had hours. Had hours, minutes, what's the difference? Come on, let's go. <laughs> very, very well. And yeah, uh, Aroni's doing the same thing. He's just like shoveling the soup into his mouth and just like hurrying up and standing up. Just for flavor, can I go cast um, friends on our bartender and be like, hey, could we get some like loaves of bread, some stuff to go? We left a, a mighty good tip on your table. How does friends work? I actually don't know how that cantrip works. Oh, I just have advantage on charisma checks. So whatever you would want that to be, persuasion. Okay, so yeah, give me a persuasion check with advantage. And I think after the spell ends, they hate you. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah, when the spell yeah. ends, after concentration up to a minute, the creature realizes you use magic to influence them. It becomes hostile. Uh, so with advantage, I rolled a nat 20 on my persuasion check, nice. check with a plus zero. I would like to see if Aroni notices you doing this. Okay. Real quick, is there like a DC, the, the she roll? No, I, I just get advantage on the persuasion check. Okay, and so I just set the DC like a normal, okay. Yeah, <laughs> she says, oh, sure, honey, I can uh, get you some, some bread and maybe you want some crackers, maybe? Whatever you got just laying around, sounds All right. good. And she starts to walk away into the back. Yeah. So I don't know how long it's gonna take, but. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully less than a minute. So I want to see, what do, what do I need to roll? Uh, I mean, give me a perception check. Okay. I'm going to do Wait, it. Are you wanting to determine like what spell he did? No, I just want to see if Aroni notices him doing it because he would see that as very unethical. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're trying to get free bread with a spell? Uh, give me an insight check then. Okay. Oh, I gave myself disadvantage because I'm eating soup. So okay. <laughs> Slippery fingers. Yeah, I get it. Uh, so that's a seven. Yeah, I did roll a 20 on my You're too busy uh, trying to figure out why clam and potatoes working together. Yeah. <laughs> it needs cheese? No. Pepper? Salt? So, Alabaster, you're standing at the bar waiting for her to return from the back area with the potatoes and, or with the bread and crackers. 
and you're like tapping your toe slowly because you know the effects of what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm like looking over my shoulder <laughs> watching them down their soups, little bead of sweat on his forehead. And like you're counting in the in your head, like you know that it's a certain time and you're trying to make sure not to speed up your count so you know because of the anxiety behind it all. And you're at 50 seconds and she comes out the door and she has a, a brown like linen sack with like a loaf of bread sticking out and you can see like it's kind of bulbous at the bottom where the crackers are. She's all right, here you go, honey. And I flip her a gold and I say, thank you very much. Oh, thank you. And she starts to walk away. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like out the door and I say, see you fellas outside. <laughs> yeah, sure thing. I watch him leave the door. It's, it's so, like yeah. the fastest you've seen him move since trying to get on the train. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll look over to the barmaid and as he like gets out the door, and she's standing there with a gold piece in her hand and she just like looks at it dazed and like her face goes from like a grin to like a, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> All right, time to go. And I get up and I head off at the door and I just make my way back to the carriage. Yeah, and I, I would say Roni probably finishes up around the same time as like, yeah, just sets his bowl down and yeah, All right. heads out as well. Goodbye, Yen, and I flash some glitter everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you each make your way back to the station and hop aboard one of the carriage cars. You find a booth seat with a table between for all of you to sit at and continue your conversation. I say, hey, Aronia, I got us car snacks. Carriage sacks. Oh. <laughs> yeah, car is what I call a carriage. It's, you know, shortens the word. <laughs> Where do you come up with these things? What's the array of things in this Okay, so yeah, you open, open up the up. sack and you kind of put it all on the table. You've got, like, literally a baguette. Yes. <laughs> um, and yeah, then, like, there's just, like, saltine square crackers yeah. that are just kind of on the table now. And a lot of them are crumbled. Hey, whatever happened to that case you were trying to solve? You know the one you accused me of? Yeah, the... Proper procedures went through, and the uh, culprit was put away. What ended up happening? I don't what know. What was the uh, actual crime? Aroni might have. Uh, he's been at the prison all this time, so he might know about it. Sure. I actually, I remember it clearly. It was one of the first cases I helped work with him on. At the school, while he was investigating someone breaking in and stealing alchemy supplies, he ran into a bathroom. Uh, rather, <laughs> I ran into a bathroom that he pointed me towards. You know. Mm -hmm. What bathrooms are? <laughs> yes, of course. But yeah, it was okay. supposed to be an abandoned bathroom that no one was using. And there were three people in there that had taken some type of potion to change their appearance. One of them looked like I have a cat. <laughs> it was insane. Really? I heard yes. that's dangerous. It is. It was incredibly so. She almost never got back to her true self. It was one of the most wild cases I had worked on. But you got the culprit, right? Yeah. Yes, and of course you were accused because we well, knew yeah. someone was walking around making themselves look like someone else. You but guys held me in detention for like two days in your whatever makeshift prison you made. Well, of course, but again, I mean, alchemy to change your appearance and illusion to change your appearance, it's the same result. It's just a different method. That makes sense, but it Can't was a real pain us. in my ass at that time, that's for sure. That's true enough, and uh, we did apologize. I, I apologize again. Never I, got any re or any kind of compensation for that. I was kind of hoping to get a cut from that case. Your freedom is what you should revel in. <laughs> I really thought that 
the bag of confetti we found would have turned you in, but... All right. That's true. That evidence was incidental. Yes, it was just... I think it was a phase that people our age were going through that everyone just liked confetti. I no, no, don't it was know homecoming why. the next day, so ah. people were preparing for the celebration. Yes, I never got much into school spirit. What a bummer. The homecoming thing was a blast. Building the floats and just carting that stuff around. I had a hell of a time on top of those things, blasting confetti everywhere. I know for a fact you weren't there. You were sitting in our detention. <laughs> when I got out. <laughs> You had your own little parade? Yes. Well, they wouldn't let me blow anything up or set anything on fire. It was boring. I was on your side there. That would have been really cool. I was proactively investigating you for arson. Like, nothing had happened yet, but I was pretty sure it was Aroni Aroni gives you a quizzical look and then, like, shakes his head, like, nods his head yes, and goes, that's fair. Alabaster, Aroni would never do that. Thank you. (laughs) Rad. Several hours later, the ancient capital city of Saravel comes into view. The city is built into the side of a mountain. The mountain is part of a long range that stretches from the western coast of Mithron and dwindles down to small hills on the eastern border of Andron. The city, though, the city even in its dilapidated state has remnants of its beauty. The mountain it is built into has a mellow, gradual incline, and layers of the city are built up the slopes. The buildings that have withstood the test of time are solid stone structures. In the daylight, it doesn't emanate fear as if they are haunted ruins. And as the beam carriage gets closer, outside the lower walls you can see makeshift shacks and tents. It's a large encampment of people, and they seem to be here simply to explore this lost city. Wow, gorgeous place. This is actually quite remarkable. Looks like we got a lot of competition. Hmm, looks extremely defensible as well. You looking to move in? Well, no, not to move in. It's just one of the first things that you notice about a place is how well you're able to defend it. It's in my line of work, you understand. Of course. Your transport begins to slow down with that violent jerk. It eventually comes to a stop. Eagerly, you each step out onto the familiar wooden deck that has been at each stop so far. This one, though, does not have a building attached to it. However, other than alabaster, this is your first time seeing this. Large packs of animal form metal constructs are nearby. You see an elephant construct with cages strapped on its side. Inside the cages are little metal beavers. Multiple rhinos with open metal hatches on the side that have stacks of the wooden beams that are embedded into the ground. There's a giraffe that along its neck, there appears to be slots that drop the metal rails. And then there are these large gorilla-shaped constructs. One of them is active and unloading the wooden beams off of a rhino. A halfling wearing blue jean overalls, a floppy puffy hat, and a pair of dirty goggles seems to be the foreman of these constructs, and is telling the gorilla what to do. The passengers that are also ex- exiting the beam carriages are flocking into the encampment that is about 100 yards away. The flatland here before the city is extremely eroded. There are small pockets of standing water, and it's making the area stink like a bog. Oh, is that you? No. And I blast my hand, and just it smells like roses everywhere. <laughs> no. But that one was you, yeah? That one was me. Oh, man, you put that right in my you face. You know my shit smells like roses. <laughs> I just imagine it like a fresh spray of Febreze, so I'm still getting hints, hints of the shit, and it just but gets now in your eyes. roses on top of it. I'm like, ah, damn. Not a fan. Which part? The shit? Yeah, me All neither. of it. Yeah. I, yes, it's... Yeah, easier to defend, I suppose. Keep everyone away. What, what kind of uh, siege weapons could move in this shit? Uh, well, you would probably be the expert on that. That's it's true. I've been working on some uh, 
things. Yeah, these all-terrain constructs here look like they could move through it fairly easily. Yeah, and I've seen seen them do it before. I guess we should make our way in, huh? Yes. Uh, we, let's just hope it smells better in the city. If not, can you keep that rose spray going? Yeah. Well, yeah you walk in front. Well, it kind of waft back onto us. That is yeah. a great idea. Yeah, and I blast more bog smell in his direction. <laughs> <laughs> it's not working. It's not working. Are you sure? I, oh let me try again. That, that went straight into my <laughs> cranium. Come on, let's go. Is this how it's going to be the whole time? As we're like walking through, <laughs> judging. And as you make your way into the encampment and the mass of exiting passengers, you look around really unsure of where to go. But eventually you see a familiar uniform. A girl in a Wigistry University garb is looking around all panicky. She has dark hair pulled back into two pigtails. A pair of circular glasses keeps sliding down her nose. She has a clipboard held tightly to her chest and her crossed arms. Her boots are about halfway up her shin and are extremely muddy. The mud is caked to her skin up to her knee. From the waist up, she has the traditional uniform, which includes a knee-length robe, but her knee-length shorts are more fitted for the exploration as this is an expedition into ancient ruins of a lost city. And then she sees all of you and says, Oh, jeez, it's you! Finally! Archmage Rizum said to be here at sunrise! Uh, yeah, the uh, carriage was late. We don't have control over the train. That's not my problem. You said you'd be here at sunrise, and he said to be here at sunrise. You're supposed to be here at sunrise. Look, look, here's a baguette for your troubles. (laughs) Give me a uh, persuasion check with that. I am going to cast friends once again. (laughs) Oh, Oh, God, yes, do it. I will help you for two treasures. I I want... want She's going to be so mad. Uh, Oh, no. My insight's only four. (laughs) I got a 15 on persuasion. All right. She uh, looks at you and says, Oh, well, I haven't had the bread from Yin in a minute. Been here for, like, several weeks, and that bread was very good, so yeah, I'll take it. Fresh baked. Yeah, go on. Take a bite. Yeah, it's bread. She takes it and puts it in her hand and, and, like, slides it into, like, a side satchel. Yeah. Pretty good, huh? Yeah, uh, I'll have that for dinner later tonight. Yeah, what direction are we going in? Oh, well, you'll be riding with me up to the top of the city. (laughs) (laughs) Just like a realization that she wasn't just here to tell us where to go. All right, you lead the way. Yeah, my name's Dara Dufour, by the way. Uh, Named for Patreon supporter Dara Dufour. Ah, My name's Rad. Rad, it's nice to meet you. (laughs) My name is also Rad. Oh, you're you're Rad. Well, I was supposed to have a Rad and an Alabaster and a Aroni? Yeah, Aroni gives Alabaster a strange look and goes, I'm Aroni. Hello, it is nice to meet you. Uh, He's lying to me then. Uh, Not me. (laughs) Not lying. I just... (laughs) Rad here interrupted. You can see, see her s- eyes kind of glaze over while you're starting to explain and yourself. And he's like looking down at the ground. You see my surname. <laughs> my surname. They call me Rad L. Back uh, at the Academy of Constructs. So if we could just get moving, you know, no need to lollygag. Did you just wanna, cast a spell on don't me? don't want to keep Chisholm uh, waiting. It's pretty apparent, you know. Where? <laughs> <laughs> Apparent? Oh, Chismism is not gonna like you guys. Wait, Alabaster, did you cast a spell? Oh, it must have slipped out. I've got a big smile on my face, and I just point two fingers of glitter into the sky. <laughs> we are the worst band ever. 
This is awful. Uh, good thing you're doing this mission. Maybe we can get rid of you. All right, follow me. Um, we're going to be going to the top of the city, and I got some transportation over here. Now, hurry. You're supposed to be here at sunrise, like I said. We thought you meant the next sunrise. Do you not have a calendar? A uh, calendar? No, we left our <laughs> kitchen stuff <laughs> on the train. She stomps her feet. She's like a teenage girl. She's yeah. very frustrated. <laughs> Dara, I would like to apologize for any spells that might have accidentally caught a hold of you. Mm, give me a uh, persuasion check at disadvantage for this one. I cast friends on... <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work. Uh. We're already friends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Aw. Uh, six. She just rolls her eyes at all three of you as you say that. I'm so sick of dealing with these people that think they've just all great and everything after getting to the wizard's rainbow. Come on. You don't <laughs> even deserve this. Teenagers. And he pats her on the shoulder. <laughs> So, horses or what? That's a donkey. Come on. Donkey and wagon. Another wagon. Great. She leads you towards the gate of the city, and sitting on the side of the path is a small wooden cart with a fatigued-looking donkey attached to it. She crawls up into the helm of the wagon. Come on, get in. Coming right up. I climb up in. Yeah, Aroni does the same thing. Yeah, I just come and sit down. Dara then begins to wave her hands with the flow of a practice incantation. She mutters softly under her breath. The donkey seems to be bolstered with this enchantment and begins moving at a horse's speed. That's a fantastic donkey. Did you just cast a spell? <laughs> that's a that's a honky. <laughs> a hasted donkey. <laughs> a honky. Uh, I mean, a hasted yeah. donkey's pretty good, though. I'm pretty sure you were going for horse donkey. Yeah, I was going for horse donkey, but hasted donkey also works. I like honky yeah. as a hasted donkey. <laughs> The wagon is pulled into the city beneath the gates of the outer wall. As you pass into the entrance area of Saravel, you see the still ruins of a city. You can feel in the architecture of everything around you that this city may have been one of the grandest cities in all of Aces. Some of the buildings around the city have withstood the age of time and remain standing multiple stories tall. However, on this specific road, almost every building has crumbled. Debris from the buildings has overflowed into the wide road, so the donkey is zigzagging pulling the wagon around. How's the smell in this part of the city? Uh, it's, it's the the bog the bog smell has kind of lingered into the lower area, but it's not like awful. But it is kind of this part of the city is flat, so any kind of water that's kind of run down from melting with the sunlight is kind of flooded this area a little bit. So it does have that stagnant water smell still. Yeah, I take uh, Rad's finger, which is still just pouring out glitter, switch it over to the rose smell again. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I like switch it to like a mixture of like rose and amber and it just smells amazing. The road then opens up to a large town square where the buildings seem to be in fine shape. The donkey goes across the square to a road and this is where it begins to incline up the side of the mountain. It is a constant incline on this road with lots of U-turns as you move further up. It takes roughly an hour of wagon travel before the wagon comes to a stop in front of a very large set of open stone doors. They are roughly 30 feet wide and 30 feet high. These doors lead into the side of a mountain. It's hard to see inside with it dimly lit and the sun still out in the sky. Soon the sun will set, though. Dara hops off the wagon. All right, hurry up, follow me. Well, this is our stop. Yeah, Aroni just vaults over the side of the wagon. He is very enchanted. As we're walking away from the wagon, I go to Dara and I say, So did they run out of constructs then for your wagon? Or like, uh... We're not affiliated with the construct manufacturing out of Laurent. We're a part of the Wizard's Rainbow. All right, I was just wondering, get one on loan or something. Look, we gotta hurry. 
Nej, uh, follow me. Okay. <laughs> And I'm keeping pace with her. She's so mad at you. <laughs> so, was it friends again? Are you still trying to cast that spell on everyone? You can't blame him for wanting uh, to be friends. It's not something you cast on other people. You kind of cast it on yourself, and it just helps with uh, talking to yes. people. I get anxious sometimes. But it never not makes someone mad. I usually end every interaction at around 57 seconds. So. <laughs> Usually, I thought for sure we were just getting directions from her and going to be on our way. The name of this episode is 57 Seconds of Friendship. <laughs> Friends in 57 seconds or less. <laughs> Instead of gone in 60 seconds. That's the that alabaster guarantee. <laughs> Dara leads you inside the mountain. As you step into this first room, there are torches lining the walls and they brightly illuminate the room. Eight very large columns make a slight wrap around the center of this large circular chamber. An ornate marble tiled flooring makes a mandala-like design in the center of the room. Along the walls, you find murals that have lasted through the centuries. The murals appear to be different designs representing the other realms. Across the room is a smaller set of double doors, and above that set of doors it says, Academy of Planar Learning, a Wigga Street Institute. Is this a new branch? I'd say it's an old branch by the looks of it. Well, true, but are they going to reopen it? It seems like maybe they're going for that. I don't know. Maybe that's why we're here. Maybe. Uh, Dara, do you have any insight? Follow me. Chisholm Rizm will tell you what you're here for. Oh, excellent. I'm excited to meet him. I've heard good things. You think you'll like me? Uh, Maybe if she casts a spell. She stops at the doorway that y'all are late, like she's leading you to, and turns and just snaps her head around to her shoulder and looks at you. I don't think he's going to like you at all. I think he's going to be happy to get rid of you through that fucking portal. Come on. I like you, buddy. He might like you for a minute. You guys like me for more than a minute, though, at a time, right? I, <laughs> yes, but hey, guys, it's because you've never tried to cast that spell on me. And why would I? We're the best of friends. Is that why you're such a good detective for 57 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> if you don't get the answer in 57 seconds, it's on to the next inspector. <laughs> yes, and that's why my wife left me. <laughs> We were married for 57 <laughs> seconds. I can only last 57 seconds. So the three of you follow Dara into the next room through these doors. There are torches on the walls across this very large room, and there's also tall candlesticks in the center that brightly reveal this huge, huge room. The room is 50 feet wide, 50 feet tall, and goes about 100 feet back. The entire room is filled with very old leather sofas and recliners, making small areas to chat with others. There are coffee tables covered with crystal ashtrays, elegant flint and steel sets, empty decanters and tumblers, and all sorts of cocktail glasses in different shapes. By the looks of it, this room is a large gathering hall for wizards to simply meet and chat. Dara, are we going to get a place to settle our belongings at some point? <laughs> and as you look around, there are currently small groups of older wizards in some of the areas. They chat softly in the room, creating an ambience of a quiet formal party. Then you hear loudly, Dara, my guests have arrived. You see a very old human man walking towards you. He has the classic wizard look. Yes, they were very late, Chisholm. Nonsense, they arrived precisely when they meant to. Hello, I am Chismrism. The wizard's rainbow sent the three of you to help me out with an investigation of sorts. Said you were quite the team back at Wicked Street when you were enrolled. You got that right. Yes, I'd say we were. It's a pleasure to meet you, Chismrism. And... Aroni steps forward and holds his hand out. He holds his hand out and shakes yours. Uh, it feels really frail, but he does not give a grip at all. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the sleeve of his robe. <laughs> and he's got his hand up in his mouth going, <laughs> Chisholm Rizm, I take it? Yes, that is me. It's a pleasure to meet you. I take a bow, and from behind me, just rays of sunlight blast everywhere. <laughs> Alabaster's like, oh, shit, you gotta warn me. The name's Rad, and I extend a hand. He also shakes your hand, and you feel just that, that loose grip. And I kind of shake it, like, wobbly, like, like oh, loose grip there, guy. I tip my hat. Alabaster, I heard you got a portal or something that you want us to look at. Ah, oh, yes, did Dare tell you about the portal? The chaos portal. <laughs> no, she was very kind, though. She didn't tell us about anything, but you should give her a promotion. She's standing next to Chisholm Rizm. Her arms are crossed, holding that clipboard still. <laughs> Just looking angry. You said a chaos portal? Ah, yes, the chaos portal. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it I... sounds chaotic. Right? Um, Dara was just about to uh, tell us what lodging was like um, and uh, where our rooms would be. Oh, yes, we do have rooms for you. Uh, I'll be showing you your, to your direction, or Dara will, and uh, we'll be debriefing you after you get settled in. Oh, great. So Dara's a mainstay. Oh, She's yes, going to be with us for the long haul. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> and... Aroni is just like <laughs> shooting daggers with his eyes at Alabaster. Like, great. Did you hear that, Alabaster? Yeah. She's going to be staying with us and helping us for she's, a long time. She's been lovely so far. So. Excellent. Okay. I don't great. see a problem in that. And he's like kind of giving eyes up to Chisholm. <laughs> Glad we've gotten along so well so far. Yeah, I'd say we hit it off in the first at least 57 seconds. <laughs> So Chisholm says to you, looks to you all and says, well, follow me. I'll sh we'll get there to show you to the rooms, and then we'll debrief you on the mission. If you want to get started today, then we will be ready. So other other folks have maybe been tossed into this portal before? We'll talk about that. Like maybe there... with a rope on? <laughs> and I say, come on, and I cast... <laughs> Don't do that while I'm drinking, Andrew. <laughs> A 17. Oh, great, because I have plus zero to all my charisma. So. It's like Alabaster doesn't know what the future is and that there's consequences. Look, when Alabaster wants information, he gets information. So what's the question? I just simply asked if there was people who have already been thrown into this portal. Ah, uh, yes, there have been people already thrown into the portal. Oh, so you're willing to talk about it for a second, right? We'll debrief about it in a little bit. Yeah, did we they, leave it a schedule. Did they ever come back? Uh, just a real quick question. Um, no. No? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, insight. But, uh, but we have precautions planned so that you will come back. It must be awesome over there if they never wanted to come back. That's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I spend five of my precious 57 seconds just looking at Rad. <laughs> And wondering what the, how he got in, like who he knows, what family legacy he came from. It's like he's intentionally naive. Is he seven years old? I can't tell. That's interesting to hear. Thank you, Chisholm, for the information. And then you see his eyes glaze over. And I fall to the back of the and, and you get scared for a second as he is a lead archmage. And then he just, <laughs> you, you did that, huh? Oh, don't do that again, though, please. There are a lot of secrets that the Wizard's Rainbow would not want you to know about, and doing something like that could get you expelled from the organization, especially to someone like me. Uh, sorry, I must have slipped out again. Ignore him, please, from now on. I am so sorry, Chisholm Rizzo. We 
certainly did not want to offend me. You have to understand, though, the necessity of having as much information as possible before... I promise the information will be handed to you at the appropriate time. Yeah, I just meant we're still close to the cart that could take us back out of here, but um, <laughs> I understand. Would you like to abandon your orders from the Wizard's Rainbow? No, no, that would be dumb. All right, so if you would, follow me. All right. Yeah, uh, I do so. <laughs> Archmage Rizm begins to walk to a door in the corner of the room, to the left of where you walked in. The door says, Authorize Mages Only. He says, Dara, if you will, I never got around to learning this one. Yes, Archmage Rizm. She walks closer to the door and begins to cast a minor spell, a cantrip. A spectral hand appears above her hand and floats over to the door, and then turns the knob. Chism Rizm says, can you believe these old coots found a reason for that useless spell mage hand? Stumped all of us when we first got here. Not even knock would work. Mage <laughs> <laughs> man, I hate that spell. You're using a mage hand to just open a door? Why? Authorized mages only, they say. I don't understand the design of this place. Some of the best 50 seconds of my life have been spent using mage hand <laughs> <laughs> to twist my knob. <laughs> I call it the ghastly stranger. <laughs> I mean, you're right, Chisholm. I never even bothered learning it myself. I never learned it. Dara, you're real great to have around. Give me a persuasion check at disadvantage. If I cast friends, it'll be a straight roll. Nah. Uh, Aroni has his finger ready to flick you in the forehead. <laughs> it's an eight. No friends cast. Yeah, she just kind of looks at you over her shoulder again angrily. Yeah, I'm all right. Give, I'm giving you a chance to revitalize that relationship. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the chance. It's more than he deserves. Yeah. <laughs> and as she opens the door, you see a decorated hallway with paintings on the left and right walls. It goes straight for about 10 feet, then has a right turn. When you get to the right turn, you see a straight hallway that goes further than 100 feet. But halfway down, you see a left and right turn, a crossroads. You continue to follow Chisholm Rism with Dara behind all of you. And as you get about halfway down the hallway, Dara yells out, Chisholm, the skull! And then right before the crossroads, you see the paint melting off of a painting on the left side. It moves on its own to the center of the hallway and forms a big ball of paint floating in the air. It starts to morph into some sort of head and then sporadically starts to form details. A very large skull with red eyes rushes towards you down the hallway. Green flames erupt from the skull. Chisholm Rism, caught by its surprise, poofs into a cloud of mist and appears behind the skull. He says, Oh, forgot. Uh, you all got this. And continues to walking down the hallway calmly. <laughs> the rest of you give me initiatives. <laughs> Welcome back, companions. One month's hiatus is now over. We are back to releasing episodes, and this episode is obviously a super special one to me. I'm going to take this moment to truly thank the Chasm Quest crew for taking part. I've been talking to Taylor and Andrew via social media and the podcast community for years now, and this was my first time meeting them in person. Went up to Nashville, played some disc golf with Colin, then Munchkin with Taylor and Colin. Then the next day, the four of us got together and recorded for eight and a half hours. Obviously, I'm cutting that down as much as possible, so this is going to be the first two-parter for a prequel. And what a better time to do it, with this being the final act of our campaign. So the goal is to give you part two next week, then the first episode back with our adventurers the week after. And then we will go back to bi-weekly. 
So strap in, because this is going to be a bumpy ride. And it's been a minute, so let's go over some typical things here. You know the drill. Make sure to drop us an Apple podcast rating and review. While also taking the literal five seconds it takes to give us a rating on Spotify if you are currently using that app. You can find our social media by searching for Orbs, mostly active on Twitter with Instagram being the next active. And we do have a Facebook and Reddit if you'd like to reach out to us there though. And of course, if you have it within your budget, would super appreciate your fiscal support over on Patreon like these current supporters. First up, we got Wes Johnson, Stefan Osborne, Hunter Royal, L, Paul Lewis, Taryn Van Ettinger, Ben Toothaker of the No Mercy Podcast, Joe Hudson, Stephen Bright, Theo Whalen, Dara DeFore, Aaron Pruce, Josh Story, Mark Boykin, Matthew and Caitlin Engelman, The Backwater Bastards, Scott Nelson, Mars Lankford, Diana Deli, Jeremy Lynn, Jason Kachuk, Lucas Duff, Damian Rail, Adam Wright, Chase Rim, Evan Wiley, Keith No Last Name Foyston, Deidre Cole, Jacob Williams, Kevin McCowan, and Colby Parker. Well, I hope you are as excited as we are that we are back to releasing new episodes, and I hope you have enjoyed this episode so far. Last thing I want to mention is to be sure to head on over to our Discord and hang out. So many of our companions are just a delight to talk to, and I would welcome you to join our Discord community. I'll post an invite link on Twitter today at some point, and if you are listening to this late, feel free to send us a message and ask for an invite. I think that's it for this mid-roll, except for one more thing. Happy birthday, Nif! All right, the flame skull is up first, and you see his eyes glow red as two rays of fire get shot out from each individual eye directly at Aroni. Oh, did I say I was in front? I meant. <laughs> uh, it's against your AC. Uh, okay. This will be a 11. That does not hit. The second one is a critical. That also, I hope it doesn't hit. <laughs> is a critical less than 14? Because if so... <laughs> Ooh, starting off big here, boys, with 17 damage. <gasps> Holy shit! Oh! Oh! <laughs> you got blasted in the mouth! We're never going to see the chaos portal, are we? <laughs> Holy crap. Well, I was going to cast a spell. I don't know if I can afford it anymore. <laughs> and after the flame skull shoots those two rays, he doesn't move from his position. He just stands there idly, angrily. And uh, we then move on to Oroni. Okay, um, I was going to do something completely different, but I am going to cast a level three chromatic orb. I'm going to pick cold damage. Okay. That is a crit. Nice. All right. That is a natural yeah. 20. All right, so you'll be adding okay. an extra die of damage to that. So that'll be the five D8 plus another D8. Yep. Okay, so that's 18 points of damage. So you conjured this cold ball in your hand and you shoot it from your palm and it makes contact with the flame skull and you see the frost kind of flurry around it as if it had like this magical shield and then the frost just kind of explodes from it into just all these snow flurries and it looks like it has done exactly zero damage yeah. to it. Okay. <laughs> as soon as you said cold, I was like, I'm pretty sure it's... I mean, out of game. <laughs> I was like, I think it's immune to that. Oh, it wouldn't have. It wouldn't have. Okay, well, flame skull. I would have thought the opposite. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. After Aroni, we then move on to Alabaster. Whip back that duster and spin the pistol into my hand and just get a shot off real quick. Okay. God damn it. That's a nine. <laughs> uh, this is a nine with just a flintlock. Yeah. All right. 
the bullet flies over the head of the flame skull and you can actually see Chisholm Rism down the hallway still walking away calmly and it like zooms past his head and he turns quickly and looks like whoa and then he just keeps walking (laughs) (laughs) all right in that case I'm gonna use my bonus action to bring up my left hand and kind of whisper an incantation take two hit points and cast um shadow blade So what weaves in front of me is a blade of shadow. It takes the form of a dagger in my left hand. Okay. And is there any movement you'd like to make on your turn? I will kind of look back at Dara and say, you got my back? Oh, don't worry. I got this. (laughs) And yeah, I'll kind of like go against the wall as if taking cover, but I know I'm still out in the open. And after Alabaster, we're on to Rad. Uh, Cool. So how far is it in front? It is 20 feet range for you 20 feet range okay cool i take off in a sprint past aroni and as i get like 10 feet from the skull a silvery mist forms around me and i disappear and i reappear behind flame skull and as i'm running i like twist and i fall backwards and kind of like to a stopping motion as the mist covers me and i disappear as i'm staring at you guys And then I'm behind the flame skull. <laughs> Two fingers up. Just with middle Glitter fingers coming flat. out. Glitter going. <sighs> fucking rad. I mean, it was fucking rad, and it was rad. <laughs> and as I reappear behind flame skull, my hands come out forward, and a pillar of stone comes up in a five foot cube in front of me. Just to block the flaming skull from coming at you. Yeah. So for you, Rad, whenever you make that five-foot cube in front of you, this is a 10-foot hallway, so there's still a five-foot clearance for this flame skull, but he does not pay any attention to you. So then we then move on to Dara, who you see like slaps her hands together and then like throws them forward and spreads her fingers, and magic missiles shoot out from her hands. And she actually ends up sending six of them. Dang, get it, Dara. And all six of the magic missiles make contact because, well, it is magic missile, and do a significant amount of damage to the flame skull, but leave it standing mm-hmm. or floating. And we do come back to the top of the round with the flame skull. Um, sure, let's do it. I assume we'll get a rest. So, you know. <laughs> In front of the flame skull, you see a ball of flame appear and it starts to roll forward down the hallway. Oh my God. <laughs> it doesn't roll this round, but uh, it you can see it's spinning on the ground, revving up to start moving forward. Like Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> or more Knuckles. Pew, pew. And after the flame skull does that, uh, we are onto Aroni. Aroni says, I also have magic missile, but I learned mine from Jim. Who is that? Like Jim is in G I M or G Y M? Cast. <laughs> Did you learn it in gym class? This is this is from Tasha's whatever of magical uh. history cauldron thing. It's legit. And I cast level two Jim's magic missile. I create uh, I guess four twisting, whistling, hypoallergenic, gluten-free darts of magical force. Each dart targets a creature of your choice. All the same guy, but I do have to make a ranged attack for these. Wait, what spell is this? Jim's Magic Missile. So it's not regular Magic Missile, but 
Jim's Jim. Match. Yeah. Okay. Jim put his own little twist on that. I did not know that yeah. this existed. <laughs> yeah, Trader Jim put his own little twist on that. <laughs> Gluten-free. Okay, so I got one as a crit. Uh, the other is an 18. 18 hits. 23 and then 19. So all of them hit. One's a crit. How do you want to handle the crit? Uh, it's an extra die. Just an extra die. Okay. A missile deals 2d4. So each missile hits for 2d4 points of damage. I mean, it says in the spell, if the attack roll scores a critical hit, the target of that missile takes 5d4 force damage instead of you oh. rolling damage dice or an extra die. The attack is a one, though. Uh, the targets blow up in your face. Worth it. That target blows up oh. in your face. That's the whole risk of this magic okay. missile is it adds an attack roll. And then on top of that, if you crit, you do a shit ton more damage. But if you crit fail, there's negative consequences. So you did four missiles Whoa. total and all four hit? Yeah. And so that would be 13d4. 13d4, yeah. Okay, doesn't look promising. Don't see any fours out. Oh, I see one four. Uh, 26, seven. So 27 points of damage. 27 points of damage kills the flame skull. As the flame skull is defeated, the paint of that the paint that conjured the flame skull falls to the ground and kind of uh, coats the stone tile. And you look down the hallway and see, well, for some of y'all, you look down the hallway and you see Rad behind a stone block. You just see a stone block. That's all you see. <laughs> and uh, then you see the top of Chisholm Rism's head turning a corner to the left. And you look to Dara and she says, oh, he does this all the time, testing young mages. I'm certainly he didn't forget. Follow me. I'll show you to your rooms. I I try to touch the wall. Is it just an illusion? You're just walking forward and touching yeah. my block of stone. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. That's the yeah the wall in front of us. I was okay. just making sure because I have shatter. I was going to cast shatter on it if it wasn't an illusion. As Dara walks by, I'm like, Hey, thanks for having our back. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Also, who are you calling young? I guess that's true. You are pretty fucking old. Oh damn! Yeah, Aroni's eyes are just wide, and he's just like, just walking forward, like. Uh. Alabaster just scratches the back of his head. Yeah. I'm I'm standing Sad. next to my stone, and I'm just perfectly poised to where it looks like I'm leaning against it, but I'm really just really flexing my muscles to make it look that way. So I don't move. What's funny is Dara was like a really like stick in the mud kind of character that I designed, and now you've just turned her into an angry stick in the mud. <laughs> when we reach Rad, I want to say thanks, asshole, and I want to try to just like give you a slap on the back of the head. You miss. <laughs> is it an illusion? It's an illusion. It's an illusion. <laughs> and I, my hand, my hand passes, my hand passes through your head. And I'm like, damn it. This is why, Alabaster, this is why we never got along. Dara looks to you, Rod, and says, can you please remove this? Sure. And I, I wipe my hand, and it just all, like, kind of, like, sideways dissipates uh, into the floor. You know, like a mirage. Yeah, like a mirage just kind of, like, slowly sinking into the ground. Nice. Like a 90s Windows screensaver. Uh -huh. She takes a right at the crossroads, and she points down the hallway. It's a short, like, 25-foot hallway, and there's doors along it, and they're all dormitories, individual rooms. And she says, go ahead and choose your room, and uh, we'll come meet us in the common area where Chisholm Rism was going. Up there to the left, right? Yes. Cool. And I make my way to one of the rooms. Yeah, I'll, Aroni just... 
goes into the first room that's open. None of them are very special or anything. They're just small little uh, rooms. As uh, Alabaster gets into his room, the shadow blade disappears from his uh, hand, and he lays his stuff down on his bed and takes a break, relaxes for a second, takes out his pistol and starts kind of taking it apart, like mechanically, kind of cleaning out some stuff after the fire. And he's like, waste of a damn shot. He starts cleaning it out and reloading it. All right. And uh, so you each set up your bags here and you can maybe take a little bit of a break and consider it a short rest if you would like. Thank you. Yeah. You head down the hall. And before you reach the left turn that Chisholm Rism took, there's this weird cubby on the right side, a small little five-by-foot square about ten foot high, the height of the ceiling. It looks like it may have recently been cleaned up. The stone around the opening is broken and cracked as if there was some sort of explosion here. But as you make the left, you walk about ten feet to a right turn as it zigzags to a large room, a 45-by-25-foot room. There's no one in here. Directly to your left in the corner is a small kitchen set up with a circular table and six chairs at it. There's a sink in the countertops, and water is pouring out of the faucet nonstop. On the left wall is a doorway with a nameplate on it you can't read from this distance. Across the room on the far wall is a painted stone archway embedded in the wall. It's open and has a hall leading down to another room. And to your right on the wall where you are, there is a door with a nameplate on it that says Danger, Portal Training Area. The back right of the room has a fireplace that is lit, two couches and two recliners surround the fireplace. Centered on the right wall is a door with a nameplate that says Defects. To the left of this door is a tall box with a square base. It is cracked and broken, but looks recently repaired. The area beneath the glass on the box was dark, but then you hear a mechanical whirring and beneath the glass, a light begins to illuminate. Music begins to play. Then you hear, Hey, hey, new recruits I see. Needing a little boost for those finals you've been studying for? Oh, uh, we aren't in school anymore. What the heck is that thing? Well, what will it be? You need a mental boost? Maybe some strength to climb that rope in gym class? Come and select what you need and I'll give it to you. Uh, did you hear me? We aren't in school anymore. Well, sure you are. You're, you're recruits. What are you offering? What kind of stuff you got? Come, check the screen. I'll show you what I got. I walk over and I check out the screen. <laughs> what is a screen? <laughs> Is anyone joining? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I like begrudgingly. So the three of you walk over to this box that's screaming at you. And on the screen, you see eight options. There's Flighty McBitey, Slippery Tongue, Diamond Skin, Pack Mule, Butterfingers, Elbow Grease, Hair from Hair, and Thunder Thighs. However, Diamond Skin, Pack Mule, and Hair from Hair are all scratched out. <laughs> oh, man. Um... Wow, this is really interesting. What what are these things? They're benefits to your body. How do I get one? Oh, ah, well, you'll just select one and then push the button. And you see on the left side of the box, there's a lever, that uh, like a little joystick. And then on the right, there's a button. What do you mean changes to our body? <laughs> yeah, I'll buff you up. If you need something in your mind, if you need some strength, I got it for you. Are these temporary? No. Oh. Wow. Permanent. I... Can you list them again for me? I'm sure. having trouble seeing them. <laughs> sure. There's Flighty McBitey, Slippery Tongue, Diamond Skin, Pack Mule, Butterfingers, Elbow Grease, Hair from Hair, and Thunder Thighs. They all seem interesting, but uh, something tells me I really want that Flighty McBitey one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I'm, I'm going to take the diamond skin. Ah, <laughs> oh, diamond skin's been scratched out and used before. You can't have that one. Fuck. Why would you even I, read it? I've always wanted to be larger. I'll take thunder thighs. You got to press the button, man. I don't know if I trust you, Rad. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, go for it. Okay. So, yeah, there's a joystick, and it looks like Flighty McBitey is currently selected and highlighted, so you'll work the joystick down to thunder thighs. Okay, yeah, so I do that. And then you want to push the button? Um, stand back, everyone. I'll just pull it. Test this. And then, yeah, I push the button. All right, so as you have selected thunder thighs and you push the button, all of a sudden, the like, the mechanic seems to, like, select it, but then it starts sporadically going crazy all over the screen. <laughs> and uh, I need you to roll a D8 for me. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we see these all the time at the Academy of Constructs. <laughs> so the selection was <laughs> just pointless. It, did you notice how it was only friendly to us for about 50 seconds? That's a one. All right, so it settles on Flighty McBitey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I turned around. I'm like, I swear, I tried. I didn't mean to pick the one that you wanted. And as you're talking and saying this thing, you're like, you're, you feel your teeth starting to morph. <gasps> oh, <and> God. <laughs> And all of a sudden, your, like, normal human teeth all become, like, canine teeth. They're all sharp, and your bite now does 1d4 plus strength damage. You can also jump six inches higher. <laughs> wow, that's so incredibly uh, dumb and amazing all at the same time. And you now see that Flighty McBitey has a scratch through it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I... Uh, it's weird. It's strange, even. Yeah, it uh, it looks great. Terrifying. You look <laughs> awful. You look like a vampire who's really been through it. I I need to get used to talking like this. It's really if you are to bite into something and then have blood on your mouth, that really works into your crimson vibe. So I guess this worked out. Careful not to bite your lip or your tongue. <laughs> what What would happen if I did? I imagine it would hurt quite a bit. Yes, okay. Am I... Do I have venom now? No! <laughs> okay, that's good. I don't want it. All right, I'll be my honest, turn. my hopes were a little up. And I'm, like, pushing him out of the way, and I just, like... <laughs> I just push the button. I accidentally jump a little bit, and I go flying and land on my side. <laughs> oh! Oh, my! <laughs> Soldier boy. <laughs> All right, so if you push the button, uh, Alabaster, go ahead and roll a D8 for me. Can do. Five. It settles on Butterfingers. Your <laughs> wrist cannot be shackled. Oh. <laughs> nice. Oh. Thanks, machine, and I pat it, and I keep walking. That seems so much better than mine. You're so creepy now. <laughs> I know. I'm not a fan. I know you're a vampire. <laughs> I don't think I am. <laughs> it looks like you it. Kind of look like one. Say black. Black. Yeah, that's a vampire right there. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Shit, I just <laughs> eat a little. I'm a vampire, Daniel. Damn. <laughs> damn, Daniel. No, damn, Dara. Damn, Dara. I'm a vampire. <laughs> damn, Dara. Back at it again with the white. What's left on the board? Uh, what's remaining is slippery tongue, elbow grease, and thunder thighs. <laughs> Oh man, I wonder what a slippery tongue is, and I. 
<laughs> I pulled the lever. Go ahead and roll a D8 for it, man. Oh, God. What's interesting is y'all haven't had to re-roll because of the scratched out ones. Yeah. Um, I was curious if you'd round up or down or something. Eight. <laughs> you got thunder thighs. <laughs> You got what I wanted. <laughs> and, and you got what he wants. <laughs> Your thighs are now empowered like no other. <laughs> you can use them once per day to break a non-magical object you can fit between your thighs. <laughs> you mean like an enemy's skull? Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> when your knees touch, the object breaks. You can skip leg day. <laughs> I'm going to break a non-magical item once a day. All right, Dara. Dara, it's your turn now. She's not with you. She went to catch up with Chisholm Rizzo. Just missed her. And as, like, this finishes up for y'all and, like, you feel the, the muscles in your thighs harden like bricks, you hear behind you, Hey, you four, stop that. That thing is broken. Dara runs over from across the room, <laughs> reaches her hand into one of the crack, cracks on the side of the box, and you hear a snap. And the box yells out, Oh, come on, I just wanted to hear. <laughs> Dara, you didn't even get yours. Yes, Dara, it's not quite as horrifying as it looks. <laughs> really horrifying for him, but he already got that one. You all turn around and see Chismrism standing next to a half-elven man. They are standing in the open doorway of one of the before-closed doors. Glad you were able to fight off that skull back there. I see you found uh, an early contraption of the Wigistries. This one's a little broken. I wouldn't have used it. Yeah, I'm going to have some explaining to do for my Thursday night group. (laughs) (laughs) As he's just holding his wrists. The old Titan fuzzies ain't going to hold on much longer. Chisholm takes the hat off of his head and puts it upside down and pulls a rabbit out of it and then places it on the ground. The rabbit looks entirely confused. And then he says, We discovered it here in this room in pieces, so naturally we put it back together and gave it a whirl. I tested it first, and, well, now I can do that. What happens when it runs out of items? Oh, I don't know. Which one did you get? I got hair from hair. Oh, <laughs> oh that, that makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. Uh, well, why don't we get it back on and have Dara get the last one? I don't think it works, so we don't want to... Okay, so Dara and uh, who's this, Jen? Oh, this is Elio Ravacrana. And then he points to the man. Yeah, my name's uh, Elio Ravacrana. I uh, come here to help out. This man is also dressed... He has the same garb as that halfling outside the city had on. So he has goggles strapped to his head, a pair of blue overalls with a dirty long sleeve shirt underneath. He's got these thick leather boots with a metal cap on the toes. Steel toe boots, if in the most direct way. He looks to you all wide-eyed and with a weirdly uncomfortable smile. Uh, I step up to him and go, Elio, it's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, it's nice to meet you. Are, yeah. you. are you a vampire? He is now. I don't think I am technically a vampire. Do you have a sunlight around? Uh, you can go outside, I guess, if you wanted. Are you going to die? Because we kind of need you. I cast dancing lights, all of them right in front of his face. <laughs> ah, no, um, it's bright. I Thank you. Uh, I, uh, I make his skin feel hot with prestidigitation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is... That is a... Uh, a bit warm, yes. Uh, oh, no, he's a damn vampire. <laughs> oh, no, it really looks like you might be a vampire. Uh, I don't know if I have a cure for vampirism, but uh, maybe you could talk to one of the alchemists whenever they get here. No, it was a 
good trade. I can jump slightly higher than I could. You can fly like before. a vampire? No. Now, now nope. you're you're a creature of the night now. You can't go out in daytime. Yeah, nope. Uh did not say I could fly. This um, really I, worked into your new nickname though. Crimson Warden. That it really does, does sound like a vampire name. <laughs> yes, that does do something for me. Not a sex thing. It's not what it's about. That's not what it's about. Yeah, this thing messed with my sex thing. Just grabbing his wrists again. At this point, Chisholm Rism looks to all of you and says, Yes, I have asked Elio to uh, come help out with this testing process. He's uh, created some new devices that will help maybe the process of uh, exploring the Chaos Portal. Because I've lost quite a few mages and Crimson Command scouts testing this damn thing. So hopefully these new gauntlets will do the trick to save your life. In ah, this. can't wear them. I hold up my wrists. <laughs> I mean, it's just shackles, but... <laughs> Can't be shackled. Maybe we can attach them to suspenders and then put the suspenders on your shoulder. Elio, you look like a master of constructs. Uh, you think you can whip something together? Oh, did you did you come from uh, the Academy of Constructs? Yeah, you might have recognized my face around. I, I don't recognize your face, but... I volunteer at the coffee I'm bar. I'm also from the, Port Greasel. At the main office area. Lattes. Oh, and but I, you've, no, you've never been? No, I uh, usually am just kind of at my store. Must be a, a great store. Uh, yeah, I got, like, I got some crazy cool inventions. A lot like of time wheelies. There. What are those? And he, like, steps forward and rolls on his heels. Oh, my God. He's a vampire. <laughs> Look at him floating around the room. I'm not a vampire. What are you talking about? But this is also when you notice that Elio, to on his left hand, has is carrying a small wooden box. He's actually got a shackle from the box to his wrist, as if to protect it forever. And he says, uh, "So, would you like to try on the gauntlets to make sure they're fitting?" Elio, nice to meet you. Name's Rad. How you doing? Rad, it's nice to meet you. And I'm I, Elio. I glitter in his face real quick, and then. <laughs> oh, well, that was neat. How'd you do that? <laughs> Ah, uh, you know, just a thing I picked up. He pulls out a notepad and starts to draw out an idea, like, as you're talking to him, trying to figure out how the glitter thing worked. <laughs> it's a sex thing. <laughs> you're talking about some gauntlets. Now, first of all, how do I get a pair of those? And I point to the wheelies. Oh, I'm still perfecting them, so I haven't really put them on the market yet, but okay. soon you will be able to buy them. Do you have, like, a mailing list or, like, uh, anything? Uh, well, I'm hoping to set up a new store here in Mithron in Saravelle, so maybe you could just come by once I have that store set up. I'm going to be back for this. I see you have a box there. Was that where the gauntlets are in? Ah, uh, yes, this is where the gauntlets are. And he takes the uh, briefcase and puts it up on a on the one of the kitchen counters and starts to unshackle himself from it and open it up. And you see three gauntlets that are made of like leather and metal strappings. Also, some like weird tubing and everything. So it's a very like artificer style creation. But on the back of the glove on each of them is a very large flat diamond. Could you make more of these? Well, if they work, then yeah, could I'll be making say, them. Would you say that you could like spend the rest of your life if you had like eternity to make these gauntlets? I'd get probably bored, but yeah, but I don't know. I guess you could name them something. Hey, like I don't, the I don't Infinity think... Gauntlet. I don't know. <laughs> oh well, actually, the name of them are corsages because hopefully they'll bring you back home. He doesn't seem to like you very much. You might want to try to like make a no, friend. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, he hands each of you a glove for you to try on. You don't have to plug anything in to me. No, no, you'll just put them on your hands. Uh, can I do an arcana check on these? Uh, sure. I only got an 11. So as you inspect the gauntlet, you actually don't really get any kind of inclination of what it does, but what you do understand from it, from your study, is that it does it does seem to work off of the uh, school of abjuration. So what do these things do? 
Well, uh, so I call them corsages and they're synced to this location. So whenever you're ready to come home, all you have to do is place your other palm on top of the diamond and hold it there for six seconds uninterrupted. And then you'll come back home. Huh, simple enough. I do it. Uh, as you do that, you start to hold your hand there and all of a sudden, after six seconds, you disappear from sight from everyone. Oh, okay. <laughs> huh the fuck happened? I was simply just trying to put it on. Well, he guessed that you went to the synced location, um, so he's kind of skipped ahead to where we're headed. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant here, as in, like, where we currently are. <laughs> I'm really happy I wasn't paying attention. I was expecting to go, like, five feet to the left or He's something. a fucking vampire. He just turned invisible. He just turned into smoke vapor to go back to his coffin. We should hunt him down. After a weird brief moment of awkwardness, uh, there's a door that opens over by the danger portal testing area and uh, Arodi walks out of it. So it turns out that they work. Uh, and we just appear right in that room over there. Well, that's good that they work here on Aces. Hopefully it'll work in the other planes. You hadn't tested them here on Aces. <laughs> well, since I tested it here, I suggest one of you two volunteer to test it in the other realm. Rad, you look like a great guy who would love to test something like this. I'm willing to try it. All right. Does that mean I can get back in? I mean, obviously I can. All I have to do is come back to the portal, right? I mean, are you all ready to explore already? Oh, more than ever. Sure. So you're ready to go through the portal? Yes. I was wondering if you had a file for my new teeth here. They're kind of in the way. That sounds like a nightmare. I I don't have a file. Elio starts to like go around his like pockets on his blue yeah, like, overalls. Is, Actually, I don't have one either. Huh, well, I got I, a hammer though. And he pulls a hammer. I'm, <laughs> that'll work. I, I'm not that desperate quite yet, but I do appreciate it. I can make him look normal. I, I, I will still be talking. I've got a, <laughs> I've got a makeup kit. Let me try. Let me search that. I think I'm not quite that desperate either. And don't take this as an invitation because I know how your kind are with invitations into space. I am not a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> also, racist? I'm not sure, because I'm not a vampire, so <laughs> that's Looks not like my call to make. <laughs> Can't say vampire now. <laughs> no, it's more just the general stereotyping that I was worried about. Alabaster's <laughs> a big... <laughs> Cancel culture. He's, he's been on the Rogue Jogan uh, podcast in Aces. The Rogue Jogan podcast. This is when Dara finally speaks up. It's like kind of under her breath, speaks to Chisholm and says, You see what I'm talking about? They're fucking crazy. She's not wrong. I'll wear it. Dara, are you coming with us? Why don't you have a gone? No, I am not going with you. I'm not one of the test subjects. You are the test subjects. Wait, test subjects? Hold on. Yes, did she just say, uh, Chisholm-ism, did she just say test subjects? Well, yes, um, so this will be test 2723. Oh. Um, we've first tested oh. with animals and objects, and we really couldn't nail down where the chaos portal was sending people and things, but we've, we've gotten better. See, this place had a portal testing area, and it was linked up to another portal that, um, was one direction, but the one direction was here. We couldn't go through it. It only sent things to us. Uh, so I've reconfigured some things, and hopefully the Chaos Portal and will work in its place to allow travel with, you know, coordinated effort. Sounds completely safe to me. <laughs> Good enough for You're, me. He's fixed the Wait. Chaos Portal. You're saying so that it works. You're like saying. a Chaos Portal is supposed to work. <laughs> 
thousands com- of people may have lost their lives. Well, not thousand, more like two hundred. Yeah, mages. most of them were animals. They, they they killed a bunch of animals first, and then. Oh, we first. We you first said tested. there first... were two thousand plus experiments. Experiments, but not every experiment involved a living organism. Ah. We tried rocks. We tried balls. We tried objects that had magic on them, so that we could link to them and locate them. But even those, we couldn't find throughout the realms. We tried rocks. We tried balls. We tried <laughs> rocks with balls. <laughs> <laughs> But when I discovered balls shaped like rocks, <laughs> you see, I discovered this 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 chaos portal and some ruins in the in dual wood. Bless, Bless you, Chisholm. Thank you, thank you. Um, so I dis- I discovered the chaos portal in dual wood maybe two centuries ago, and I've been testing with it ever since. And it used to change coordinates every half second. That's why we called it the chaos portal, because you ah. once you go in, you have a half second to get back, and Does sound very it just chaotic. goes all over the place. But um, I've gotten it down with the new location here, uh, with the, the the stuff that this old school had. It's now ten seconds. Now you'll have time to go in together to a single location, and with these gauntlets, hopefully you'll be able to come home. All right, easy enough. I say we give it a shot. Um, You're a vampire, so you'll just always return I, uh, back to your casket. I am not a vampire. I don't know. Your skin looks pretty red. Insight check. <laughs> <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> I uh, sidebar with Rad, and I say, make an illusion of like a high collar. <laughs> and I like wait. I like. I flick my fingers, and like his collar just raises around. His- I am not a fan of this. Dara, you're sure you're not going in? I'm not coming with you. Okay. All right. Are we in front of the portal? (laughs) No, you're not. (laughs) Okay. Hey, uh, Dara, real quick. We're going into somewhere real dangerous. Um, Do you mind if I ask you something? (sighs) Sure. Why not? Could I get that um, baguette back? I really thought it would smooth things out. <laughs> and uh, obviously it didn't, so. And I guess. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and that's an 18 persuasion. Well, I guess I was going to eat it for dinner, but I guess I'll go get it for you. And she starts to walk away. No, she doesn't have it on her. <laughs> She's going 43, 42, 41. She's walking towards the dormitories where maybe her room is. I'm, I'm walking towards the portal. I'm not stopping. I'm going to wait at the cusp of the portal until I see whether or not she's coming back. She's going to come back. You're going to be like waving your hands to her like, run, run. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. It's Just like throw it. chariots of fire, but... Like a relay race, she's handing off the baton. All right, follow me. Uh, we'll go on to the tele- portal testing area, and hopefully she'll meet up with you to give you yeah, your Yeah, she's baguette. got something real important to me. And so uh, Chisholm Rism walks over towards the portal testing area and opens up the door. And as you walk in, you hear this rickety movement. On the left side of this small hallway, there's this uh, archway, this double door archway without doors. This small little robot walks out, and he goes... Hello, Commanders A. 
How can I assist today, eh? Chisholm walks by without even acknowledging this small construct, and then Elio pats it on the head as he walks by. It's Canadian. <laughs> it absolutely is. It's but so it hasn't even apologized yet. <laughs> I know, but it's got a lot of A's. What is this little thing? Hi, I am the local user chaperone and activity supervisor, A. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> wow, a Lucas. I have heard of such... Uh, devices being from the Academy of Constructs, but never have I seen a Lucas. It just stands there. You're great. <laughs> Lucas, what kind of things do you know? I can get you a drink, eh? Nice. A could, drink sounds perfect. Could you also grab a baguette? I don't believe there are baguettes in stock, eh? There's one at least in this building that has <laughs> to arrive. And it may or may not reach its location. How many seconds has I'll it I'll try to find the baguette, A. Thank you. And a drink. And a drink. <laughs> and a drink, A. Anything for you? Oh, a bag of... Aroni just keeps walking. A he's, bag he's of blood for this guy. He'll, he'll do A positive. <laughs> he says from down the hallway, not a vampire. <laughs> and as the Lucas bot gets out of the root, out of the hallway and like turns a left, all of a sudden you see Dara slide into the doorway without the baguette and looks directly at you. Ooh, we got to get into this portal. <laughs> <laughs> did you wait? Did you use friendship again? Yeah. <laughs> and she- that's how I got an 18 on my persuasion. And she, I thought she had it on her. She's got like her shoulders up, her neck down, her chin towards the ground, and she's just illuminating that anime anger. Oh, <laughs> oh God. So much suspense. Oh, God. <laughs> she's so mad. Uh, could you give me a wisdom saving throw, please? Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, she's magicking me. Oh, no. But I magicked her. So it makes sense. Uh, Ten. <laughs> sad. I'm in shock. Um, oh, God. All of a sudden, you are reformed. Your entire body has changed into a small squirrel. <laughs> this makes sense. <laughs> this is the appropriate reaction. She throws her finger at you as this happens, <laughs> and she does some sort of incantation as you sm- as you morph into a small squirrel. My God, my... Oh, is my gauntlet really tiny now? <laughs> I believe in the form of polymer- polymorph, all of your gear just kind of forms into your body. My gauntlet! Yep. <laughs> Tara, come on! It's a small squirrel. Uh, she walks over and picks you up by the scruff of <laughs> your neck <laughs> and uh, starts to walk into the room, and she's just holding you now and looks to you two to follow. So at this point, Chisholm then looks to all of you, and as you walk into the this room where the portal is and it's not currently on and you see like this dark stone archway on the far side of the room but in the center of the room is this metal graded platform with a different portal device on it and it's kind of made of stone and also metal and there's tubing and wiring coming from it it's very stargate and he says all right so this is how this is going to work uh you will be ready here in front of the portal and once i turn it on you'll run in You'll have 10 seconds to get inside, and then you'll be together on the other side. The theory, anyways. And I get down like a like a racer. Squirrel? <laughs> I get down like a squirrel, and I've got my tail all... There's an image of a tail behind me. <laughs> squirrel boy! Are you all ready, or is there anything else you'd like to do before you go? I suppose you could turn Alabaster back. You want us to go in there? What are you, nuts? <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
All right, Dara, I believe you've had your fun. Put him down, Please. change him back. Before any more puns, turn <laughs> him back. Dara puts you down on the grate and kind of like, almost like angrily kicks you, but then stops. <laughs> she then walks away and clicks her fingers and all of a sudden you form back into your own body, but you're in the squirrel set. Yeah, squirrel I was pose. like still, yeah, and I was still like, <laughs> <laughs> but just as alabaster and I'm like wiping my lip. Uh, <clears throat> yes, that was incredibly unprofessional, Dara. <laughs> oh, Chisholm Rism. Is there anything you can give us to aid us in our quest? Like what? I don't know. A bigger bag? Bigger gauntlet. Bigger gauntlet. I mean, I don't know what you will need on the other side because I don't know where you're going. Yeah, but we want to bring whatever we find back here, right? uh, Elio could maybe come with or Dara. I don't know why you want her with us. She expressed interest. I will not be going with you. I am an apprentice to Chismrism and I am here at his side at all times. I think you might be able to convince her. You just cast a little spell. <laughs> it's like you have I a devil have and a angel on your shoulder. And then Elio looks to you all and says, oh, I won't be going, no. Um, I need to also be here in case the, the testing goes wrong. Well, really feels like we should be four, but... You have any potions? Oh, I think I did actually see a case of potions in the Archmage's... Uh, in the old Archmage's room. Let me go see if I can find them. No, no, no. Send, Sounds send Dara. I mean, yeah, I guess. Dara, do you mind? <laughs> and Chisholm... Cast friendship. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, ah, yes, man, yes, Archmage. And she starts to walk away. Man, where is Lucas? Where's that drink? He's probably looking for the bag. <laughs> <laughs> I did direct him. It's like all the ice in your drink is melting because it can't find a bag yet. <laughs> and then eventually Dara does come back and she does have three greater healing potions in hand. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I put all three in my bag. <laughs> You're the best friend a guy could ask for, Tara. Uh, greater healing potion is 44 plus four. Nice. Hey, what if you get a, a dead? I definitely want to put one in my bag. Yeah. Well, oh, I believe we yeah. should split these up. Well, I'm sure Daryl would love to go get you guys some. Oh, there wasn't any more. Oh. <laughs> Snooze you lose. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we should split those up. Oh, really? Why? It is colored red, and this guy loves This was red. my idea. Yes, but we are a team. We are a team, yeah. Are you going to be the healer, or are you going to run away again Look, as soon based, as combat starts? Yeah, I'm, I'm with the vampire on this one, okay. based on your I, past I, actions. Not a vampire. You drive a hard bargain here. Take this. Greater healing, greater healing. Thank you. All right, now remember, you'll have 10 seconds to go through the portal once I turn it on, and also... If you want to return, you have to put your other hand on the diamond for a consistent six seconds uninterrupted. Mechanically, that means that you forfeit your entire round. Hmm. Makes sense. And uh, place your hand there. You will be allowed movement, but your action and your bonus action are forfeited for the hand on the gauntlet. Cool. All right, here we go. And he pushes a button on a console behind the archway, and all of a sudden a force field pops up in the archway. And the portal lights up. Give me, somebody, roll a D8 for me. One person. (sighs) Four. The portal turns on, and in front of you is a swirling of brown and green light. You step through the portal. For a few seconds, you find yourself in time and space surrounded by these brown and green colors. There is no ground beneath you, yet you continue to walk on thin air. Eventually, the colors fade away, and you are hit with a humid heat and two bright suns in a clear sky. A moon, or maybe even a planet, takes up a large portion of the sky. The planet has dark hues of red, green, and yellow. 
no land or oceans discernible. But here, where you stand, around you is a lush green jungle. Tons of wildlife can be heard audibly, specifically the calls of birds and the buzzing of insects. I had an action planned. Okay. Aroni's skin starts to burn. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I sent my illusory, illusory self through the portal instead of my... You're still chilling in your fucking bedroom. Aroni goes... <laughs> <laughs> an illusion of vapor coming off his skin. Um, can I do like an arcana check uh, just in terms of like planes knowledge to try to guess which plane we're on? Sure. Uh... You can do Arcana or History, depending on which Arcana. one you like more. Ah, man, I'm rolling like shit this game. Um, 13. Uh, with a 13, you, you're you not familiar with like the intricacies of each realm of existence. However, you do know that there is one that... Um, you do know that there is one that is supposedly a lot like Asus, but it is uh, a place that is inhabited by monstrosities and beasts that should not exist in Asus. And so this appears to be a very wild realm. You don't remember the name of it, though. Gentlemen, um, be at the ready. I think we've stumbled into a place with creatures perhaps beyond our reckoning. I'll be on my guard. Suppose I did oh, say we were ready for everything. <laughs> it's the first of many monsters <laughs> we'll <laughs> Not a vampire. Okay, we're over. Yeah, you're not a vampire. He was doing a joke, right? He did a joke. What? I don't know what you're talking about. I take off a glove and hold it up to the sun and hold my <laughs> hand up to the sun. It starts to burn and singe with a... Fu- no, I'm kidding. Does it really? <laughs> <laughs> you were like, oh, shit, Flighty McFighty. I was like, oh, this is just a joke. I really am one. <laughs> no, you're not a vampire. <laughs> oh. Ah, see? See? Not a vampire. Knew it all along. Of course you did. Okay, Sean. I put my glove back on. <laughs> this place is crazy. Look, two suns, a moon? Uh, is nuts. the portal still behind us, or did it dissipate? Oh, no, there's nothing there behind you. Okay, Fuck. so we just, like, appeared in the middle. Okay. Is there a quest bowl? Uh, I mean, your whole intent is to explore and report back. Yeah. Um, well, let's just pick a direction. I take a big look around at the landscape and see what, if there's anything, like, notable that I would want to go and check out. Okay, so, yeah, looking around, the give me nature checks, actually. Okay. Yeah, all of you, if you'd like to, if you feel like you would care about the nature of everything. Yeah, why not? 18. Oh, fuck. 19. 20. Dirty. All right. 18, 19, 20. So all three of you, like, all of your eyes seem to shift quickly to a very large tree near you. Mm -hmm. And what is odd about this is the tree itself, the bark of it, is a very dark blue. It doesn't have like a brown tint at all about it. And when you look up at the branches, the blue of the tree kind of goes along the branches, but the leaves themselves are a lush red. And it's this is a tree that just does not exist in Aces. So Whoa, amazing. Guys, with my amazing perception, I've spotted that giant blue and red tree <laughs> over there. I mean, I did notice you saw it first before me and then quickly before Rad, but... Yes, of course. I believe we've all spotted it. I think we all are very aware of the order in which we saw that tree. (laughs) It was like when your heads pop up in a corner or a doorway or something, and it was like yours on top and then mine underneath, and then Rad's right beneath that one. Yes, but of course, an imaginary doorway, because we did not. 
have. We didn't. We that we would look a fool if we had done. Yeah, of course, yes, yes. And instead, and we simply turned our heads. Yes, and How you never know it? who's watching. Uh, we'll say that's like maybe twenty feet away. <laughs> twenty feet away. Yeah, nice. we're talking about this while we're walking okay. to it. <laughs> so yeah, you you walk up to this blue tree. You weren't talking to that camera over there. You walk up to this blue tree and you place your hand on the bark to fill it, just kind of inspect it further, and you look up and look into the branches, and then weirdly something starts to move up in the branches and you kind of inspect further as you look. Give me perception checks. Damn, Ooh. nice. Oh, uh, 16. 22. 15. So all of you see the details of this creature as it starts to move down. At first, you, you're scared because it's a creature that you've never seen before in a realm that uh, seems to be maybe hostile, but this creature shows itself and it's got feathers all along its skin and it's maybe like dog sized and it's got very large claws that come out. The face of it is very flat and uh, like the nose doesn't even protrude or anything. It's a creature you've never seen in your entire life. And it doesn't have any wings though, so the feathers don't quite make sense. The tail of it is longer than its body, like comparable to its body. And at the end of the tail is this giant looking like pine cone. It softly goes like a as it seems thing. like sort of timid and scared that you exist, but at the same time, it seems to slowly approach. I'm usually scared and timid that I exist, so <laughs> checks out. Uh, anyone good with animals? I, I pull out like a little bit of rations, and I'm just like kind of like reaching forward, and I put it down on the ground, and I pull my hand back. Okay, so it looks at that. Give me an animal handling with that. Ooh. Hmm. Oh, I had the same idea, but I couldn't find that bag. Yet. Sixteen. As you put the rations down and kind of back away from it, it was maybe like 50 feet in the air and it slowly crawls down and you all kind of back away and it gets up to the rations and sniffs them and then like its mouth is like almost quarter size and the jaw doesn't really open much and it seems to like pull and suck in at the rations and it does like suck it in without chewing at all. Whoa. And the eyes, as you're getting closer, like the eyes have this like solid black bulbous look to them and it just kind of looks at you and goes, this thing's adorable. Um, adorable is a word. Hello, um, hello, creepy thing. How are you? <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. I put a few more rations on the ground. While, while they're doing stuff with the animal, can I kind of go around them to the tree and do a closer investigation on the tree? Sure. Uh, give me a... You can do investigation or nature, whichever you prefer. Investigation, please. Okay. I'm an investigator, so. 18. So with that investigation check, you kind of take like a dagger from your side or like a little pocket knife and pull, pry some bark off. And as you pull the bark off, underneath the blue bark is actually a very lush green. There's kind of like a, a translucent neon to it as well. So like the veins of like the tree seem to have some sort of pulsing energy through them. Amazing. And I, I kind of take a sample of it carefully with the dagger and kind of put it into a, a small satchel. Okay. And at this moment, give me a perception check, all three of you. Ooh. Ooh. Damn, 23. Mm. Ooh. Uh, two. One. <laughs> all right, so the two of you that are hand, like looking at the animal are just so infatuated with the cuteness, but not cuteness of this animal. <laughs> uh -huh. And then Alabaster, as you're like, pocketing this bark and taking samples from the tree, you feel a very heavy thud on the ground. 
you look over to the side and the place is very damp, like it maybe has rained recently and there's a small little puddle of water and it ripples. You feel another thud and it ripples again. Guys, I think that's the baby. And then all of a sudden, you look behind you from where they are and the trees are slowly moving and swaying. And I'm sitting there like, who's the baby? Who's the baby? Did you, did you say something? All about it. And what is it that's coming through and the as you And as you're stuttering and trying to make a decision of what to say, I need you to give me initiatives as a Tyrannosaurus oh. Rex oh. pops from the jungle. Ugh. Longest 30 seconds of your life, right? Oh, <laughs> I wanted to laugh so hard. I don't even know why. I forgot. What, what are we doing? Oh, my God. <laughs> what are we doing again? I forgot who I was. All I could hear was my heartbeat. And I was just like, this is just not happening. So I don't loud. want to exist. <laughs> stop. Stop. Am I gonna... in the world's quietest room? <laughs> it's going to pick up on the microphone. He has a few ear squares. <laughs> now you have to leave it in. Now you have to leave it in. <laughs> I guess the blooper will have to come before the bloopers. <laughs> yeah. He's wearing a few nose cuffs on his ear. Um, no. <laughs> As you make your way into the town further, the dig company. That, did that sound like dick company? I, I heard Only dig. to you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> looks yeah, like so you got, on the mind. Yeah, it looks like you got digs on the brain. <laughs> I've been thinking about dicks this whole Dick time, but it has nothing on to my do with mind. what you said. <laughs> but no. Guys, we're not doing like how we used to do, where we'd all order a different dish so we can have a little bit of everything. Yes, it's mostly to go easy on the DM so he doesn't have to make anything else up. <laughs> I really didn't want to sit through another description of a dish uh, myself, so yeah, <laughs> same. Look, it's a cantrip. Do you think I should try to just cast it three times consecutively? <laughs> Maybe get her for three minutes. <laughs> I don't like the way you worded that. <laughs> Nothing by it. Just would like to get more information, I promise. And you just see, like, he's just getting done putting a little bit more lipstick on his lips and pocketing it. Because that's how you spend your minute. Your minute of time where he still likes you as a human well, being. Well, no, because the components are a small amount of makeup applied to the face. <laughs> So this whole campaign, he's been slowly filling in his bottom lip. At this point, it's just basically clown makeup. You want to know how he got these scars? He doesn't wipe it away after every use. It's just the last. It's, it's accumulating. Lipstick is all over his face under his yeah. big hat. There are visible layers of it from just over the years. He doesn't have any makeup wipes. Yeah where, and, yeah, where he gets different colors every now and then when he runs out of one, there's just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I, 
I mean, you're right, Chismrism. I never even bothered learning it myself. It's a useless. It's a useless one, right? Uh, yes. It's not his voice. Chaos portal. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your touchstone? It can't be. No. We won't be able to handle that. Just like the five seconds of silence and then chaos portal. (laughs) Death and distraction. (laughs) Rheumatoid arthritis. Love your song. Love your song. The rest of you give me initiatives. Hey, guys, I think I got a spell to get us out of this. How far away is the skull? (laughs) It's going to give us about 50 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) I would love it if that's the only spell that was cast in the entire episode. (laughs) I love divination. Oh, my. Uh, so you'll start to walk towards the portal testing area with Chismrism as he he says, "Yeah, we'll let we'll let her go get <laughs> chaos portal. <laughs> it's right here, chaos portal. Where did it come from? He just stops every now and then. He goes, chaos portal. <laughs> That's his thing. <laughs> anyway, I must. Oh, hold on, chaos portal. <laughs> He thinks about it, it's a surprise to his mind. And that's just how Colin gets into his character. He goes, blah. <laughs> blah. <laughs>